Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Mixed martial arts and boxing fans, it's time for Fighter's Fury Inside the Heart of a Champion with your hosts, Brendan Tobin, Seema, and Tommy Guns. It's time for Fighter's Fury on AM790, The Ticket. And happy Sunday morning, everybody. Welcome on in. Another edition of Fighter's Fury here on 790 The Ticket. Very exciting show today. Very excited. Uh, Seema in studio. Hello, Seema. Happy to have you here. Good morning. Very good. Uh, And we are very excited. Tommy Guns back in studio. Back in the house. Loving every second of it. I'm so happy to see you, Tommy Guns. I'm happier to see you, Toby. This is very exciting. And family reunion. We'll have a fourth voice in studio today. James Walker from ESPN. You guys may know he covers uh, he covers the Dolphins for ESPN. uh, But but loves mixed martial arts. Has covered events down here for mixed martial arts. Uh, so we want to get James in studio here. We got a big card next week, UFC 209. I think I'm going to surprise people. Uh, a lot of people used to hear me talk of Dolphins and Tannehill and stuff, but yes. I think I'm going to surprise people how much uh, MMA knowledge I have. We'll this, see. This has to be so much more exciting than covering uh, Dolphins <laughs> offseason. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, cool, man. This is, this is ha- We're happy to have you. This, uh, you know, listen, we know you're a big deal. You've been on Sports Center. we know. But uh, we, we hopefully will uh, we'll get you in here and... And dive into uh, what's going to be an exciting week. Exciting week of fight cards here this week. We got UFC 209 uh, next week, guys. We were just watching Tyron Woodley versus Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. And what a close fight that was. It was uh, it was super, you know, it, it went back and forth. But that that fourth round, when you guys you guys remember when when uh, when Wonderboy got put in the guillotine, got put down twice, and then got put in the guillotine. And and Woodley's squeezing on that neck. We just think, oh man, he's done. There's no shies coming out. And then pops his little head out like a turtle. And all of a sudden starts <laughs> putting it on uh uh coming back on Tyron Woodley. But it was super confusing because we had, you know, the cards were 47, 47, 40. Do you remember like how long it took Bruce Buffer to like read the cards? He read it and then said the winner was Woodley. And then like Joe Rogan starts interviewing Woodley. And then they go back to Bruce Buffer because he's like, I'm sorry, there's been a mistake. <laughs> and Woodley thinks they're going to strip his belt. Like, yeah. he's getting really, really angry. It was and classic. Like, uh, majority draw. And they raised both their hands. But it was um, it was a, it was a crazy, crazy night. And that, that was even before the Conor fight ends up winning his title. Wild. Very, very wild. But if it could happen, definitely will happen in MMA. Never leave it to the judges. What did you think of that night, James? What did you what, watching it watching it back? But originally, you thought what what did you think ended up happening in that fight? Well, I had Woodley winning it because I gave uh, the fourth round a ten eight round, mm-hmm. and I don't give a lot of ten eight rounds. I don't just give them out like that. But the fact that Woodley rocked him early uh, within the first minute, 
and then rocked them again at about the two and a half minute mark, and then had the guillotine at about the one minute mark. If that's not a ten eight round, I, I don't I don't know what is. I've seen judges give ten eight rounds to to lesser, uh, you know, dominant performances. So to me, that was a swing, close fight. I could see you know either way, but I, I gave Woodley that fight uh, mostly because of that fourth round. Yeah, I remember like looking back at my notes, and I was I watched. We ended up wa- I watched it again this morning because I don't you know when I'm watching these things at a bar or whatever. It was a super crowded night. I remember because it was the McGregor fight, so obviously the bar is going to be packed. Um, but I was like, I feel like I, I want I look, my my notes. It had uh, I had Wonder Boy winning three rounds to two. I didn't give any ten eights because I remember uh, because you know watching back. I remember Woodley when he, the idea of Wonder Boy getting out of the guillotine and then getting strikes. It was enough for me to say, all right, well. That was so, uh-huh. I think, just so cool in the moment. I was like, ah, I'm going to give him a, t- it goes 10-9, Woodley wins the round. Um, but the the fight was, su- the, the, the the swing round probably was even uh, the least eventful round. It was probably the third round because they both kind of had their moments. You don't know. And so, I don't know. What do you got to do to get a 10-8? I mean, you got the, it's fair. the tight submission and the almost TKO. I mean, I, I you think, got both elements there. What, what do you got to do? That's fair, man. But I think when I go 10-8, I think it's normally like, you know, it's almost like... You guys all, annihilated. Annihilated, always on top, and is is and and, and no comeback. Like, but it looks like he's almost causing, out. On top causing damage, not mm-hmm. just on top, like GSP style on top. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> a neutralizer. Uh, what do you remember from that night, Stephen? Do you remember on, on that on that night? Do you remember what uh, which way you had it and 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 how that all went down? I actually had Woodley winning three two. I don't remember how like ten eight versus whatever. But you had him winning. But I had him winning three rounds to two. I thought that he was the aggressor, and Thompson to me looked more like a matador. Mm-hmm. And to me, in MMA especially. In any fight sport, but especially MMA, you can't be the matador and win. You can't survive to win. You have to fight to win. And I thought that Woodley brought the fight. I was shocked when there was like controversy right. about the decision. I was like, I don't, I'm not, I'm not understanding this um, at the time. But it's made for good conversation, and now, and now a rematch. Yeah. Although. I believe that Robbie Lawler should have gotten an immediate rematch, but what do I know? Yeah, well, we don't even know where Robbie is. Like that's that's the, that's the strange thing. What did you do? You remember seeing him like uh, Tommy Guns? Do you remember He's hanging out with the Diaz brothers? Yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> do you remember? Uh, do you remember the way you had it and and going into it, what you thought it was going to be? As I think, you, didn't you have Wonder Boy? I did. I did. I had Wonder Boy winning. As much as I love Woodley hometown. Um, but I had Wonder Boy winning, and it was very close. I know that he came in fiercely, but it it could have been anybody's fight. So I agreed with the final judgment. What do you guys think about this rematch? Uh, this is these guys know each other now extremely well. It's been five rounds. Um, that's 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 something that I think it'll be interesting knowing each other so well going into this. What's it going to play out uh, in the rematch? I am thinking that if Thompson has not sharpened up on his wrestling skills, he's in for a long night. Do you think uh, you yeah. think Willie can put it on him even worse? I do, I do because I, in all of the the commentary post fight, Woodley has been criticized, and Woodley has criticized himself for not continuing to go for the takedown with how easy it was in the first round. What do you think, James? It's interesting because I'm actually going the other way. I think Wonder Boy has more to show. In the second fight, I didn't think he got as loose 
as he normally did. You watch some of earlier Wonder Boys fights, he's doing roundhouse kicks, uh, double knee kicks, all these kinds of things. I think he was pretty cautious in that fight, whether it was five rounds, he knew he had to go the distance, or a championship fight, you know, with so much on the line. I think he was a little tight. I think if he lets loose, lets that arsenal go, I actually think he has a higher ceiling. I think Woodley did pretty much all he can do in, in that fight, with the exception of, of the takedowns, obviously. But in terms of punching power, hitting him as hard as he can, going for the submissions, things like that, had that tight guillotine in, um, I think he pretty much did as much damage as he can do, and he didn't finish him. So I, I kind of think Wonderboy has I, the edge in this second fight. And he, on top of that, I didn't know going into that fight that Wonderboy had a chin. That's, I, yeah. I think he proved that in that fight, that he that he has a chin, and, and that surprised me. So if you add that in there and the fact that he has, uh, you know, he didn't really let loose his arsenal, I, I think he has a bigger ceiling in the second fight. What about you, Tommy Guns? I got Woodley. Yeah? I do. I, yeah. I, I, you're going against your boy? It's not against him. It's just, it's fight sports. You got to pick with, I think that Woodley has more... Now knowing exactly what you just said, James, he knows what Wonder Boy is going to be looking for. And he's won, realistically, the two before. And he's just coming in and he's going to go ham, so to speak, and put it all on the line, I think. And he's not going to miss. Yeah, it's funny what a five-round fight will uh, will change the way you look at both guys. Because I think they both uh, proved a lot in that. Because I think one of the big things with Woodley has always been uh, what's his cardio uh, is he just mm-hmm. a guy who can just get through, you know, a, a couple rounds, uh, almost a little bit of the Hector thing. Like he's just got, he's so bodied up. Can he, can he get through the grind? And the fact that he did uh, is, is really, is really something. But, but, but like you said, James, I mean, Wonderboy did show something too, but I do tend to lean a little bit more towards what Seema's saying is, and, and the way, the reason I do lean Woodley on it is just because I do think with Wonderboy that there is a little bit of, mystery going into it he's got such an unorthodox style the fact that your last fight even if there was i think a break between it 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 may be it would lean more towards wonder Boy. but the fact that you're going you're going back to back i do feel like uh woodley will be a little bit more comfortable there maybe that's more dangerous i don't know because you do have to be on edge for that guy but i do think that having that that five rounds just in your back pocket and now going in i think maybe he won't be as uh, as you know, cautious or as Joe saying, he's up against the cage too much uh, throughout the fight. And I do think that, I don't know, I, I do see Woodley having an easier time in this one. So let me get this right. The two people that had Woodley win the first fight are picking Wonderboy in the second fight. And the two people that had Wonderboy win the first fight are picking Woodley in the second fight. Newfound respect, right? Oh, interesting. See, what, Woodley, the thing with Woodley, the ability to take down Wonderboy at ease when Wonder Boy was not even throwing a kick is what scares me. The reason why Wonder Boy was not loose is because when you get up on that one leg, it's an easy takedown, especially for someone of the caliber of Woodley. Right. So if he had, if he, Wonder Boy has not gotten any better at takedown defense, he is going to be skittish to throw kicks. He may he may wing one right at the beginning to try to end it real quick, but he's not even that kind of kick artist. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's an accumulation type guy. Will hit you with, you know, hit you with a side kick and then spinning back kick, and now you've been hit two kicks simultaneously and you're out. He's not a one punch type of guy that I've seen thus far. Maybe he is. Maybe there's some uh, some hidden treasures deep down inside. But if he hasn't gotten any better with defending the takedown, I'm scared for Thompson. 
because Woodley will be focusing this fight more on takedowns. Well, uh, we'll take a break. We'll dive more into UFC 209. I, I can't. I, as excited I am for for the rematch of these guys, I think I'm more excited for the co-main event between Khabib yes. and Tony I Ferguson. Agree. So I agree. We'll That's dive into that next. Beast of a fight. It's Fighters Fury on AM 790. The ticket. All right, welcome back. Fighters Fury here on 790 The Ticket. Brendan Tobin here with you. Seema, Tommy Gunn's back in studio with us. And special guest James James Walker from ESPN. He is joining us. Want to talk a little, forget the football, talk a little fight game for an hour. It's the hour. off season. It's the off season for football. I can totally understand it, man. No, no off season for MMA. No talking about uh, people in shorts for a little bit. I can I can dig one or two uh, to not want to uh, get into that. <laughs> um, we were just talking during the break a little bit about last night's uh, heavyweight fight between Deontay Wilder and Gerald Washington. Uh, Deontay with a fifth round knockout win. Uh, didn't look like it was his first fight in seven months. He's coming off a torn bicep, broken hand. So uh, there was a lot of questions going into it. He wasn't fighting a guy with a big name. And that's one of the you know knocks on Deontay's career so far as he hasn't exactly gone in there with the peak competition yet. But um, Shannon's been calling on him. Shannon, well, listen, they offered him two <laughs> mil. They offered him two mil to fight over at the Hard Rock and he wouldn't do it. So um, they, they definitely have beef there. Speaking of Shannon... He has his fight agreed to with uh, Frezikendo. And ESPN reports that's likely going to be at the Hard Rock. Um, so hopefully that is the case. I would love to see that thing locally. And it's supposed to take place reportedly in May. Please don't be the first week of May. My best friend's wedding. Don't do that. It's They already got a fight that week. It's I think I think uh, Canelo's fighting that weekend. So please don't fight that weekend, please. I'm just putting the word out. It's so I know cute. You, you with your hands I, I'm asking, looking up to the I'm asking, sky. please don't have that fight the weekend, the first weekend of May. Just please don't. I don't ask for much. Just tell please Shannon. Don't. I I mean, I feel like that's selfish, but maybe I will. Hey, you're wearing the brand today, so if if you go to him in the same posture that you were just in, <laughs> How could he say no? Exactly. How could he say no? I don't think that he would deny you. Um, so Deontay Wilder gets a knockout win. He's got that. I mean, the thing with him is like, yeah, like he doesn't he doesn't have this crisp style, and he leaves himself open a lot. But he's got such a difference maker with that right hand that it makes up for so many mistakes. And I look at like if you look at those those I guess let's look at the 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 four probably most famous names in heavyweight right now: Anthony Joshua, Klitschko, Fury. Wilder, he's probably got the worst fundamentals out of all of them, and he's not the prettiest, but he probably has the most devastating tool. I mean, you could probably argue Anthony Joshua, but I would say even more dynamic, you could probably say Deontay's got the most dynamic punch out of all those guys. Although I'm very excited to see Klitschko versus Anthony Joshua in April. That's going to be a hell of a fight. And if Tyson Fury could stop doing cocaine, be cool to put him in that, that realm as well. I'm just saying. Uh, so we're talking to going into the break about uh, UFC 209. Uh, we talked a lot about Wonderboy versus Woodley. But Khabib Nurmagomedov versus Tony Ferguson. I mean, come on. This this fight's got it all. It's got, you got two young guys who are talking a lot of bleep about each other. They they had a lot of hype going into this one. You take, I love when you say I have bleep. to. Listen, there's FCC violations, Seema. I can't just say what I want to say. Just say it and hit the dump I can't. button. I can't. Well, then, then people can't hear us. Uh, okay. Then they can't hear us. And that, that would defeat the well, purpose. Well, you say it and I'll go, beep. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this this is, this is I think, the fight of the night. Like These guys are itching to get each other. They're both looking to make a name. Uh, put the Connor stuff aside for a little bit. 
and, and kind of make their own fame on it. I'm really, really excited about this one. This thing has the makings for, and I'm glad it, I'm not happy about it being in for an interim title because Connor just won that five seconds ago. I was going to say that. But I am glad it's five rounds. I am glad that there's possibility of having five rounds, but you don't like the interim title thing? Or are you for it? No, absolutely against it. And Thank I, you. I've really been against interim titles for, for years, but in the past few months, it's just reached ridiculous levels. What what did Connor do to get or to have an interim title in his division? He just fought mm-hmm. at MSG in November. I mean, does he supposed to fight every two months or or something for him not to have an interim belt uh, in his division? And on top of that, he got stripped for uh, the other weight class, uh, 145, yep. I believe it is. And I understand that you that know, was that was even a, a worse mess because. You made you had you had Jose fight for the interim title, yeah, and then he became that's, interim champion, and then he Holloway. became undisputed champion because they had to give an interim title for Max Holloway versus Anthony Pettis. Yeah, it's like what I, I just don't understand the the whole premise of of interim titles. It's okay to name fights number one contenders bouts. There's no crime against that. I think fans will still be interested in that. If you name Khabib Ferguson a number one contenders bout, I don't think there'll be any less interest in it than saying it's for interim title. So I just don't understand that whole uh, part of it. But as you mentioned, great fight. We could talk about the, the matchup and everything, but I just had to get on my no, soapbox no, no. for the it's, interim thing. It's, it's Agreed. A, it's a f- we talked about that last week. Mm-hmm. I could see title eliminators. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But not interim title. It's like, come on. I get just it. stretching for intrigue. But yeah, one, well, the one thing I will say, though, in the UFC's what? defense, and I think this is actually, I think they got more of a reason to do this for interim, even though the time is shorter. Than they do for the featherweight one, and I, and the only reason I think this is because your guy has kind of said, "Hey, my next fight's going to be in a boxing ring." That's it. But he hasn't done it yet. You know, you. Can't. I understand. I understand. But they they probably know behind the scenes. Good point. What is Connor's plans here? And even if they're not good, if and if they're not going to be involved in that fight, if they're not, then that means they're going to court. Because, right. because gonna they're going to have to be, or so. Then what do you do? I mean, if you, even though it's not the inevitable yet, it's this. This isn't the case where GSP blew out, and we had to do interim welterweight back in the day. It was extreme back in the day when they had to do interim, and yeah. it is. They do hand them out like Tic Tacs now. Like it's it's getting too frequent. I don't disagree with that, but for this case, knowing that he is going to be out, I think I think they got more of a case to do it here because. He said, "I'm only interested in boxing right now, and if it, and if it's not going to be, if that is the case, that means they're not going to probably do it till the end of the year." These are Connor's words. They're not going to do it till the end of the year, beginning of next year. So, what do you do? You, so these guys fight, and then what do they do? They just sit around and wait. I think I, I, that that's my only. I, that's, that's a good my point. O- that's my only logic with this. Of that, I'm okay with this. That's one. a good point. But if you're Ferguson or Khabib and you win the fight, do you really feel like the champion? I mean, let's be honest. They're putting the belt around your waist, but do you really? I don't feel, know. You, you feel like the number one contender. You feel like you're the next guy in line to fight for the title. You know, I feel like I feel like Khabib does, but I don't feel like Tony does. I feel like Tony. Interesting. Why so? Because re- Khabib's crazy. <laughs> I think Khabib is. He, he he's up there and he goes, "Look at you all up here, you you Irish fans. You we your your great champion is chicken." <laughs> I'm like, what? This guy's insane. Like he's just he's clucking at all these fans. You you bring him to Russia, I kill him. What? That seems extreme. That's a, that's what I, that's what I think. I don't know. Tommy goes. You you down with the interim title or, or are you for it? No, I like to have the title be specified. 
it is what it is, you know? I think there's enough for to allow for that rather than having the interim. Yeah. How about the fight, though? The fight, though. Yeah. Come on. The fight, though. Great fight. I can't wait to see the fight. And, a- and a lot of people that are not true MMA fans, that are the casual MMA fans that tune in every now and then when a big fight card comes around, they're probably sleeping on ter- Tony Ferguson. I, I agree. Tony Ferguson's the real deal. And uh, Habib might not be so quick to want to take Tony Ferguson to the ground. But how does this, But he has to, right? What else, like, what else he has ha- he done? He has, to, he has to, but he's going to have to find a way to take him down. And, and when he takes him down, he's going to have to take him down like in a crucifix. Or take him down with both of Ferguson's hands wrapped up. He's not just going to be able to shoot on him, take him down, and expect to, to get into full guard. Or, or full mount and grounded pound. It's not going to be that easy. At least I don't think. Now, if it becomes that easy, then obviously I was wrong. <laughs> but I don't think it's going to be that easy. I haven't seen Khabib win a fight any other way, uh, at least in the UFC. Uh, Takedown, grounded pound. He's kind of a, his style is kind of a modern day GSP. Um, oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Tony Ferguson's going to be pregnant again. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know he's going to take you down. You know he's going to go for ground and pound. Every opponent knows that, but no one has stopped it um, as of yet. So I don't see a lot of holes in Khabib's game. I mean, the guy's never lost, obviously. I think maybe if Ferguson could catch him with a flying knee coming I, in. That's what I was going to Or a good punch to... or something, because you know he's going for the takedown. That's probably, uh, you know, his best chance. I I. I agree with the submission game. That that could be something um as well. But I mean, every time Khabib's been on top, he's been dominant. So I, I don't I just don't see I mean, maybe you can catch him in a submission, but I think if Khabib's on top, I, I think I think he wins this fight. Well, I, the the thing with Tony that I, I think he's gotta try and expose, and Tony's striking is great. Um it's not it's not the most devastating striking in the world, but he is he's he's very versatile. Yep. He's outstanding, he's gonna bring a lot of unorthodox things. But you got to look to that first round against Michael Johnson and that 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 time where he did touch him. Michael Johnson's a great striker. Yeah, you know, trains trains here locally, and it looked like he did have uh, Khabib stunned there. Is I, I think you got to be a guy in Tony Ferguson. Look at that, and your eyes kind of got to open and say, "All right, what's going to happen if I can actually, you know, keep my distance and, and really pick this guy apart? Can he do anything? He's else? got a six inch reach advantage too. Yeah, Ferguson does. So. If he can keep him at distance, it's a great opportunity. But when he, sh- if he, the thing about Habib is he doesn't off, you don't see him shoot. He does these judo tosses. Mm-hmm. So he's in close, he wraps you up, and then next thing you know, you're on the ground. So while I would love to see that, that good old flying knee as you shoot, it, Habib is not a the typical takedown artist. He takes you down when you, when you least expect it in these weird trips and flips. and So it'll be interesting. Here's a question I have for the panel. Which guy gives Connor the toughest matchup? I've been thinking about this. Habib. Because I don't think Ta- Connor can still defend the takedown. Well, the one thing with that, though, I think if I if I had to take a guy, and, I've only, and listen, I've only got a flash on this because we haven't seen a lot of holes in Khabib's game. But when I did see... Him get stunned by Michael Johnson, and it's not a disrespect to Michael Johnson. I love him. He's come in studio before, and he's fantastic. But when I see 
Michael Johnson be able to do that to Khabib, even if it's for a flash. I do wonder what could Connor do if he got his if Good he got point. that fist on Khabib. With Tony, I kind of feel like Tony's more game. I feel like Tony's got so much he's bringing to the cage. I, I could see him going. He, it's, it's almost Nate Diaz esque. Like Nate, yeah. Nate brings so much to the to That's the table. Very good point. I think that I think Tony can hang. I think I think when you go in with Connor, I don't think you could be a one trick pony. And, and, and even even if people look at Connor and say, no, he's a one trick pony, I think that he's so good at trying to break it down. Um, man, I, I feel like you got to be so versatile against that guy. I think when you. I certainly think that even if you're a one trick pony and that one trick is Connor esque, it's a bad trick mm -hmm. in a good way. So I, I will have to say that Ferguson poses as the most competitive competitor for Connor. I think it's Khabib uh, more so because I, I, I kind of see the Chad Mendez round one situation going for about five rounds or at least three out of the five rounds, um, you know, taking them down, grounding, and pounding them, but not getting, you know, worn out, which is what happened with Chad Mendez. But, man, as you mentioned with Ferguson, he, he has that body type. You know, Connor takes advantage of his reach and his length in all of his fights. I think that's why he struggled with Nate Diaz, and I think that's why he could struggle with Ferguson as well. But, man, I mean... Khabib is probably the best wrestler in the UFC right now from from what I've seen in any weight class, any division. And where he trains, I mean, he's training with, you know, Daniel and, and Kane. Like, that, that is a hell of a camp that he's coming out with to even perfect that even more. Yeah, so, I, you know, I mean, that... Who is this? Khabib. Uh, Khabib. Khabib. Uh, he trains... Uh, I, just thought, I he, thought he was training in Russia. Trains in Russia, but when he comes up, he, he comes over here, he's training at AKA. He trains okay. over at... Uh, the with, camp now in the wrestlers camp which always which always has to have you worried if he's going to make the camp well I was because those say, guys go really hard at each they other get hurt all the time yeah. it's uh it, yeah and it's lent for a lot of success i mean hell you've had luke as a champ you've had daniel as a camp you've had Ken as a camp but but they train so hard in camp they can't show up to fight i know man I <laughs> not know. only not only physically but when they get in fights recently they don't Looked right. that good. And Khabib's had his own problems with injuries. I just had a random thought. Are we ever going to see Nate Diaz, Conor McGregor 3? I would love we're, to see it. We're talking about Mayweather. We're talking about the number one contender matchup. I mean, well, we might go into 2018. Well, to, the to, question, I guess, is what is Conor's next UFC fight going to be? Like, if he, if he is going to get in there again, because we just learned last week that GSP is back with the UFC. I think they'd love to do that. I think they'd love to do Conor versus GSP. Um, would it be a Nate Diaz three? Would it be, or is he going to take on one of these guys? I think that's that's because with Connor, he's kind of getting into that film of he's only going to take on. I think, unfortunately for these guys, why it's so important for them to have a big showing here is I think he's only going to take on guys who are really, really going to draw. And I don't, I don't know if he's going to, if he's going to power play his way out of taking on these guys. If you have the choice out to Connor. You want to fight GSP, Nate a third time, or do you want to fight one of these young, hungry lions who are going to come for you and do everything they can to take what you got? Well, we're talking about interim belts. How weird and crazy would that be that you would have the champion defending the belt against someone that's not the interim <laughs> champion? I mean, that's that's crazy. But uh, like you said, I mean, the big money fights, you got to make money. And, you know, GSP... Nate Diaz, I mean, those are the, those are the money makers more so than Khabib and Ferguson. But again, why have an interim title fight then, if that's not the next guy? Don't be surprised if from here on out you just see Conor super fighting. Mm -hmm. 
at catch weights, what? at weights that aren't even legitimate divisional weights because that would be a way around the whole title conversation. Mm-hmm. The guy is drawing so much attention, so many dollars. Dana White and the UFC could care less about the title picture. It's really like, look at Floyd. Floyd doesn't care about titles. Mm-hmm. He didn't care about belts. You get to a certain point and the belt doesn't mean anything because you're you're the, the spectator's champ, the viewer's champ, the people's champ, and everybody wants to come and see you either win or lose. They well, could care less. It's why when I saw this week, I saw like Al Bernstein say uh, he doesn't think this is going to happen. He thinks it's going to be uh, like he could see Floyd coming back for the winner of Thurman, Danny Garcia. And I'm like, no, oh, man, no, no disrespect way. to those guys, even though they're probably deserving of a Floyd fight. I don't think he's going to go in there with a Danny Garcia or he's going to He's like, OK, here's the choice. Let's fight, and this is all good money. I don't mean to, you know, slight this money, but I'm just saying, just in Floyd's fantasy world, you fight one of these guys who's a legitimate boxer with knockout power for thirty million, or you fight a guy who's never boxed before for a hundred million. I'm no, I mean, I'm no mathematician, but I think the math Agreed. is pretty easy on that. Take the hundred all day. Crazy. We'll do some more uh, UFC 209 fight picks. It's a hell of a card. We'll get uh, to UFC 209 fight picks and a little bit of what went down last week as well. After this. All right, welcome back. Fighters Fury here on 7-9 and the Ticket. Tobin, Seema, Tommy Gunn's back in studio with us. We also got James Walker. Uh, you guys know him from Cover the Dolphins for ESPN, but also a mixed martial arts junkie and wanted to get uh, in here and talk a little fight game. So he's been in here with us. Yeah, I really enjoyed having you, James. Thanks for coming in, man. No, it's been fun. And still, uh, still got more time. Let's do it. Yeah, we'll get into the fight game in just a second. <laughs> I do want to mention uh, next week, guys, March for Cancer. March for Cancer is going on. Uh, DC Alexander Park, 7 a.m. on Saturday. That's right. Uh, can you tell a little bit about uh, the event and uh, and how people can register? Come on out. We don't want to hear any excuses. We know it's early in the morning. There's a lot going on that day, especially in the fight game. Mm-hmm. It's big fight night. But uh, we expect to see everyone out there. 7 a.m. is race time, so you got to be there at 6. Yep. 6, 6.30, right before the sun comes up. And then you can enjoy a beautiful sunrise on Fort Lauderdale Beach, D.C. Alexander Park, a block south of Las Olas Boulevard, right on A1A, so you can't say, I couldn't find it. No, it's... Didn't know where it was. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be such a terrible excuse, because it is <laughs> yes. right there. Right there on the beach. You go to marchforcancer.org, marchforcancer.org. Uh, it's an amazing event that we put on annually to provide support to cancer patients by way of... Uh, Funding at Memorial Cancer Institute and Memorial Healthcare Systems, Joe DiMaggio Children's Hospital. And the funds go directly to help people that are going through cancer treatment to subsidize uh, utility expenses that maybe they're not able to work and they're about to get their light shut off because they're they're yep. going through cancer treatment. We provide transportation to and from for for treatments during treatment periods individuals that will go into a person's home to make sure that they're in a clean environment so that they can stay healthy and uh, while they're in the fight of their life. And it's an amazing event that's very near and dear to our hearts here at Fighters Fury, myself being a brain cancer survivor. So we encourage all of you to get involved, get out there, support the event. If you can't make it for whatever reason, you are working, you have prior commitments, or you just find it difficult to wake up that early in the morning, you could go to marchforcancer.org. You can make a donation. You can create a fundraiser page and share it with all your social media friends or your email list and encourage your friends and family and people that you communicate with on a regular basis 
encourage them to support. You can set a goal. Yep. And uh, let's get out there. Let's do something. I've been training, man. You've been training? I've been training. I've been getting ready for this thing. It's a 5K run or walk. I was getting too winded last time. Really? So you're prepared this year. You and Tommy Guns. Tommy Guns been in training too. I've been I've been getting ready, and I'm I can't lose to my wife. So I gotta I gotta I gotta wow. try and beat pressure. her time. I am pressure, pressure, pressure on it. But pressure. man, it is it is a, it is a super great event. First of all, it's a beautiful way to spend your Saturday morning. It's a cool thing to do with your family. Um, and really, I mean, it is it is uh, it's it's uh, humbling and inspirational as well. Like you are really. Um, you don't realize all the other people that this touches and what it means to everybody. Seeing people do it for their family members, seeing people do it for the, the, the kids who are doing it. I mean, yeah. it's pretty. It's pretty crazy. It's amazing. It's amazing to see how the whole community has rallied together behind this event. It was just an idea six years ago, as I was going through cancer treatment, and now it is. It is in full effect. We get hundreds and almost well, a little over a thousand people last year were there. In many different forms, uh, the the corporate sponsors that have stepped up from Hard Rock to Nestle Quick, Trader Joe's, Fresh Market, Starbucks, the Florida Panthers are going to be out there. Orange Theory Fitness starts the day off. They get you nice and 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 limber for the walk or run. Dick Sporting Goods is involved. Uh, obviously, the station group here at Entercom. Uh, our entire family and, and potential church is going to be out there. Any of you guys know Pastor Troy Grambling? You see him on TV in the morning on Sunday mornings on Channel, I don't know, all the little the stations at Channel know, but 7. I'm excited on. to meet him now. Yeah, he's going to be out there. Uh, it's it's a really cool event. We're bringing families together for a purpose. So come on, support the cause, join the movement, marchforcancer.org. You got no excuses. I just uh, tweeted out the the link at Brendan underscore Tobin if you guys want to register there or at 7 of the ticket. You guys can catch it there too. So uh, catch that out. Easy to do. Sign up. You can also go to our website. There's a link there at theticketmiami.com. All easy ways to get to it. Um, so the rest of UFC 209, and we'll get into our official fight picks for next week. All right. Uh, Rashad Evans is making his return. After he's had some weird stuff pop up, Rashad was on the morning show this past week and he was fantastic. And he said what happened was uh, a, a neuro, uh, like a neurologist, I guess they, they, the people in New York, they didn't, the, the person who caught it that wouldn't let him fight, they weren't a specialist. And when he went to the specialist, everything cleared out, but it obviously wasn't in time for the fights to happen. So um, he's going to be back. He's going to be back in the cage. He's fighting at middleweight. Fighting at middleweight. He looks shredded. Yeah. He looks shredded. So it looks like it's been a fine cut for him, but we haven't seen him in there in a while. So I don't know what to make of Rashad. Uh, we also know that things are kind of weird with the Black Zillions now. I don't know if that's going to affect him. Did he shed any light on that? Uh, no, he did not. He did not. Everybody's uh, mum. Everybody's mum. It's very it's very weird and hush-hush. Top secret. Um, but what do you guys make? Rashad, Rashad making his debut uh, at middleweight. Uh, and as, as confident as he is, the former 205 champ, he says, this is no gimmick. I'm going there and I'm going to try and win the title at 185, which hell, Michael Bisping's the champion at 185. So I guess why not be discouraged <laughs> by possible? That? Is that what you're saying? I'm just saying. Yeah. What do you think, James? Well, uh, as a guy who used to fight at heavyweight, right? At, on during the ultimate fighter mm-hmm. show, right? So he's, he's cut down a, a, a few divisions. Um, good, good move for him. I, I think this is probably, and you know, Rashad's a great Great dude, great fighter, probably going to be a UFC Hall of Famer, um, you know, in the future. So it's 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 a good chance for him to make one final run. And you mentioned Bisbane. It's, it's just so interesting that 
I've never seen a champion be called out by by so many, uh, you know, different fighters. And, and Rashad didn't call him out, but I'm sure in Rashad's mind, he's thinking that hey, he can absolutely you know, he can get up there. And if he fought Michael Bisbane next, he probably think he could beat him. One eighty five is a weird thing right now because. Bisping's being called up by like light, like lightweights now too, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. Well, the the thing about I think everybody looks at Bisping and they're just like, yeah, like he's not going to last there. However, he just had a fight with Dan Henderson where he nearly got his face caved in. Uh, some people thought Dan won that fight, but um, nah, even I didn't think that. even still, even still, you can't question the guy's toughness. No. I mean, the guy fights with one damn eye. He comes um, to fight. He gives it all. I mean. This is a guy who's survived a fight with Dan Henderson, knockout. He survived a knockout from Anderson, Anderson Silva, Silva in the middle of the fight. Yeah. Came back in that fourth round, was fantastic. I mean, and, and, and knocked out Luke Rockhold when Luke Rockhold looked like he was about to start this un, uh, this this unstoppable run. I agree. I thought that Luke Rockhold was going to be the next John Jones, so, based on the way that he was looking. So maybe he does deserve uh, a little bit more respect than he's getting. And didn't, didn't GSP recently say that he wants Bisman as his comeback fight? Yes. And, and I'm thinking, he fought at welterweight, and now he wants to fight at you know 185 just because you know Bisman's there. And I could see that matchup happening, but then I'm thinking going forward, I'm okay, if GSP wins that fight, he probably would have to fight like a Yoel Romero or a uh, you know, a Luke Rockhold. Like those guys would be so much bigger than GSP. It yeah. depends if GSP's lathered up or not. Right. Well, it depends <laughs> if the fight's in Canada or not. Um just ask, ask Nick Diaz. Um a little home cooking never hurts, huh? Yeah, that was a weird one. What was it? it was, he's allowed to have like a three pound difference if you're champion in Canada or something like that. Three pound and you can skip the P test. <laughs> wow. So I don't know. But um but GSP is gonna anger like it's gonna anger somebody. He's gonna end up taking he's either gonna probably fight the winner if he doesn't fight Connor, he's either gonna fight the winner of this, he's going to fight Bisbing, or he's gonna fight Connor. I don't think a Connor fight makes sense. It doesn't make sense, but I think that I think those and and, and I don't think I think GSP is gonna return faster than Connor is. So let's just say He's either going to fight for the welterweight title, where he never lost it, even though he probably lost it to Johnny Hendricks. Um, but he was he was never he never lost his title. He he only stepped away and, and gave his belt up. So he's either going to skip that crowded line at 170, or he's going to skip probably a he's going to skip a deserving contender in Yoel Romero. Oh man, so, that would be. Oh, I know, and I know you all going to be. Paired. Or Jacare, Jacare deserves Jacare. a shot too. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Jacare, talk about one of the most disrespected fighters at such a high level. Jacare continued to mm -hmm. prove himself and has looked dominant. He has been amazing and and fun to watch. On top of all that, not just victorious, not just dominant, like Maya being dominant. Jumps on you like what do they call those those spider monkeys or something like that where he just <laughs> he jumps up on you and, and and takes you to the ground and smothers you and climbs all over you, not dominant like that but dominant like submission wise action packed fights. He'll find a limb and just yeah twist in the wrong. He spot. deserves a title shot. Here's what's intriguing and I think kind of scary uh, about GSP's return. Three years ago when he left the sport and before that when he was dominating. How did he dominate his fights? He was the superior athlete. Yep. All-around superior athlete. He comes back three years later. The sport has changed. UFC, MMA is kind of like dog years. Three years is almost like 15 years in terms of evolution. Agreed. If he fights 
a Wonder Boy or a Tyron Woodley, guys that, that weren't in his weight division three years ago as far as challengers, a case can be made that he's not the superior athlete in those fights. A case can be made that Wonder Boy is a superior athlete against GSP or Woodley is a superior athlete, whether strength or length or, you know, what whatever. Um, that's part of the reason why I think GSP called out Michael Bisbane. Because he's kind of in his era? That's a familiar foe, a familiar style, familiar fight for him. He knows what he's getting into in his comeback fight if he fights a Michael Bisbane, despite the fact that it's at 185 and, you know, whoever he would have to fight next would probably be one of these new era guys. He knows that he can probably beat Bisbane, win that title in a familiar style that he's used to in his comeback fight being three years three years uh, on the show. If he comes back against, you know, in, you know the welterweight champ or, uh, you know, some of these other guys, even Connor, you know, like these are different style of fighters, different style of athletes that weren't necessarily prevalent in the sport three years ago when he left. Yeah, I, I would ag- yeah. I would agree with a lot of that. The only thing that I think uh, does help GSP, and I think one of the things that is underrated about him, I, I think that GSP is like... I think he is mixed martial arts Floyd Mayweather. I think his mind in the cage is almost at a different level than anybody else. And I feel like you give him a round to break you down. I feel like he's going to find a way to win. It is not always the most exciting way, Simo. We know that. This we know. We he know is, it will not be exciting. He is a, a dry hump master. I think he's got a third degree black belt in that, right? I do. I believe three stripe. I believe so. But what's his re- what's his record? His uh, his record? Who cares? We'll see there, uh, oh, yeah. Tommy Guns, because Tommy Guns Tommy Guns about to cheerleader about, on about board to defend her her, her, <laughs> her guy. George St. Pierre's record right now, Tommy Guns, as Wikipedia pulls it up for me, is twenty five and two. Hey. Doesn't sound bad to me. Carry Doesn't on. sound bad. Not a, Carry not, on. not a bad record. But <laughs> Has not lost since 2007. And, and let's be clear, this won't be a BJ Penn situation where, you know, a guy's coming back unprepared and stuff. GSP will be prepared. He's probably the most prepared person of, you know, all the fighters that took a long hiatus to come back and still thrive in this current era. Um, so he will do well. I just don't. I just think it's dangerous for him to to fight some of these new era guys that are coming in a lot more athletic, a lot more explosive. You know, with these unique styles, especially in Wonder Boy's case, that he hadn't seen. You know, fighting the the I don't know who the Johnny Hendricks and the uh, who else the Bisbane's and the BJ Pens and the guys that he wait did he fight Biz? He didn't fight Bisbane before, right? No, I don't, I don't think, think so. he fought yeah. Bisbane. But you you look at a guy like Johnny Hendricks, Johnny Hendricks even though he's a relatively new fighter on the scene, he still fights in an old style. Yep. 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 Wrestling, striking. Yeah. That's it. Come forward. And I, if I don't hit you with my right hand and I can't take you down, I'm in trouble. Uh, all right. So we gotta, we gotta wrap up. So let's get into our what? picks here for the, uh, for the card guys. Uh, we'll do main card. This is a hell of a card. Alistair Overeem versus Mark Hunt. I think it's funny. They're giving him Alistair Overeem because Mark Hunt is suing the UFC for giving him <laughs> Brock Lesnar knowingly juiced. So I do think it's funny he's taking on Alistair Overeem in this fight, but it is a, it, it's two heavyweights who are very, very capable of ending fights with one shot. How do you guys see this one going down? I'll start with you, Seema. Wow. This is tough because if, if Overeem fights a smart fight, kicks him, stays at a distance, I think that he could just pick Mark Hunt apart. But if he wants to go to battle with Mark Hunt, I think he he would uh, get knocked out. Mm. So I'm going to, based on the fact he's still with Jackson, right? Overeem? Yes. Based on the fact that he's with Jackson, I'm optimistic that he's going to fight a smart fight, so I'll pick 
over him. I know that was a long descriptive pick, but <laughs> I had to share my it's thoughts. It's okay, man. Go ahead. I, I, I agree. You covered pretty much all the bases. Uh, I, I think Overeem will fight a smart fight. Um, that's how he won most of his you know, recent fights, uh, being cautious. So I, I think he just has more tools in his toolbox than Mark Hunt, who will probably keep looking for the knockout punch for, for three rounds and probably won't get it. How do you see it, Tommy Guns? Got the ream all day. I, I'm going with Mark Hunt, and I, you know, part of me is this is just this is optimistically. I'm picking Mark Hunt just because I want to see what that interview is going to be like. I want to see what he's going to say to Joe Rogan after knocking out Alistair Overeem, and I feel like it's going to be he's setting the UFC ablaze. I got to see that moment. Is Overeem eating horse before this fight? I don't know. That's a good question. Uh, Lando Venata's taking on uh, David Timer. I don't know David Timer, but this is Lando Venata's last win, where he knocks somebody's face off with a wheel kick. Can you play that again? Yep. For boom! Wow. So he's getting a little, a uh, little shine after his highlight knockout. So I don't know uh, if you guys have a pick one way or the other, but that's uh, that's just something to put in the uh, the cookie jar for you. Rashad, I, I'll go with Venata. I'll go with Venata too because I don't know the other guy. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, Rashad Evans, Daniel Kelly, Rashad Evans making his middleweight debut. Rashad, you better win. Yeah, I think Rashad uh, gets this. I think he'll look pretty good at the lower weight class. What about you, Tommy Guns? Uh oh, here we go. <laughs> Not going with him. I'm I'm totally down the middle on it, but I'm gonna lean to Rashad. All right, I'm gonna go with Rashad as well. All right, let's get to the uh, the real one: Khabib Nurmagomedov versus Tony Ferguson the, the real for the fight. interim light uh, lightweight championship. I'm going with Ferguson. Interesting, because I'm going with him because I think he's he's battle tested. Habib has not faced any challenge to the point of of having to lose a fight. I think that when you've lost a fight and you've been in adverse situations, you're equipped to handle more because you've overcome those challenges. And I think Ferguson has been through some of those wars. And I think that he's ready and he's very diverse in his offensive style. So I think that uh, he will be victorious and has a good reach advantage. I'm going Khabib. I haven't seen anyone figure him out in 24 fights, even though everyone knows what he's going to do coming into the octagon. So I just don't think Ferguson uh, will figure him out. Tommy Guns? I've got Khabib because I know he's going to win. <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with Tony Ferguson. I think yes. he I think he wins. I'm not all alone. On I think stranded I think, on an island. I think he goes. I think he's going to win a decisive uh, decision. Decisive. Uh, yeah, I think he is. It's a five round fight too, right? Yeah, I think I think I think Tony's going to going to handle this one. And then the uh, main event, the rematch: Tyron Woodley versus Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. Quickly, guys. Wow. I'm actually going to go with Thompson. I know I talked differently, and I think that if Thompson, he's been working with, with Weidman, although I don't know what how much good that'll do him. Um, <laughs> hey, man, that's a middleweight champ. Yeah, but have you seen him <laughs> lately? Um, I'm just, I'm thinking, I'm hopeful that Thompson has, uh, has equipped himself properly for defense, so I'm going to go with Thompson. I'm going Thompson. I think he'll let loose uh, and show more of his arsenal in this fight, and I think that'll be too much for Woodley. Tommy Guns? I've got Woodley. I got Woodley too. I think Woodley's. I I think I think Woodley's gonna stop him. I think he is. I don't think he's gonna. After being that close to stopping him, I think he's gonna get the job done this time. Man. That's how I think it rolls. Uh, <laughs> thank you for James. Thanks for coming in this week, man. Appreciate it. Good Always back fun. again, James. Yeah, I would like you. to come back. This was fun. I appreciate it, man. I thank you for thank you for stopping in. It was a fun time.
SEMA Tommy Guns, MarchForCancer.org. Uh, March for Cancer next week, next Saturday, 7 a.m. I uh, hope to see everybody out there. And uh, Tommy Guns, it was lovely having you back in studio. Always great to see you, Tobin. Uh, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Enjoy the fights. Hey, everybody. Tobin here with you. A little bit of bonus. We ran out of time. We had uh, we had James Walker in studio today, so we never got to go into uh, boxing. There were a couple of boxing things I did want to get into. Um, we got into a little bit of the Wilder fight. Um, and last night, it was crazy. I was watching that fight last night, and I thought, man, Deontay Wilder looks either really rusty or really gun-shy, and... I I was I was you know it was it was it looked a little bothersome there for a little bit so I didn't know if that was a case of the injury or just fighting somebody his size was uh, was really really troubling him but uh, he was able to to pull out that right hand and it was it was he- it was a hell of a right hand man had right right hand from God that guy has uh, one of the most devastating punches in boxing for sure. And, and the rest of his toolbox, I don't know what you want to make of it. You know, the guy, he won a bronze medal for a country. So, you know, but it, it's a lot of it is he's just so much physically bigger than anybody he fights. And that wasn't the case yesterday. However, the right hand was still there and was able to put Gerald Washington out. Um, would really like to see Deontay take on somebody who is who is just of higher caliber you know he's taken on uh, Spielka and Dehupois and a, a bunch of guys and Chris Ariola, who no disrespect, but it's uh, it's you know obviously well past where he was back in his prime. So I, I really would like to see Deontay step up and, and and get somebody who's either got one of the belts or take on Shannon Briggs, who already offered to fight you. I'm just just saying. So we'll see what happens. Um, but also boxing wise, yesterday we had the news that. Um, but also next week we got a couple of a couple of fights that are of note and interest. Uh, staying in the heavyweight division, we got David Hay. He's taking on Tony Bello. I don't think I'm ever going to root harder for a fighter harder than I'm going to root for Tony Bello because David Hay ran from Shannon Briggs like a chicken. And I don't say this about fighters often, but he broke his word. He was supposed to fight Shannon Briggs. He said he was going to fight him in, in an arena full of people. This stuff doesn't happen in mixed martial arts. You know, if they're going to fight, they're going to fight. And David Hay said he was going to fight Shannon Briggs, and he went back on his word, and he ran off, and he's fighting a cruiserweight. He's fighting a guy who's best known for being Creed's opponent in... The, the latest Rocky installment. No disrespect to Tony Bello. He had a, he- a hell of a call out of David Hay. But I just find it interesting. You know, here's Shannon Briggs, who's sitting here chasing you in damn England outside your gym and has all the fans interested in it. You got everybody in England chanting, let's go, champ. Let's go, champ. Let's go, champ. And all these people are interested in seeing this damn fight. And nah, not gonna fight Shannon Briggs. Too good, too crazy. No thanks. You said if he fought on your undercard and he won and you won, you would fight him, and you didn't. You went and you fought the cruiserweight, the cruiserweight, instead for his little his little jokes in front of a crowd. I don't like it. I hope David Hay loses, and for shame, David Hay, for you going back on your word with Shannon Briggs. Doesn't matter. 
The, the champ's about to win the WBA title against Frezza Kendo anyway. I don't like all the snark coming from uh, from Dan Rayfield and bad left hook. Your you jokes, they're falling on deaf ears. You want to know who actually doesn't like Shannon Briggs? Here are people who don't like Shannon Briggs. People who don't like life. I mean, what's not to love about the guy who's going out there? It's positivity. It's great energy. He's chasing these damn people around the country, around the world to get fights. Who doesn't love this? You don't like fun? Is that what it is? Boxing, we don't like fun. That's what it is. That's why everybody, do, I don't want to see McGregor versus Floyd Mayweather. Me, 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 me. Okay, all right, fine. And, and, and you got Bob Arum who's telling you, Manny Pacquiao, oh, I don't want him to fight Amir Khan. He's going to fight Joe Horn. Joe Horn? Who is Joe Horn? Who is Joe Horn? I don't know who Joe Horn is. I follow this. I don't know Joe Horn. I'd much rather see Pacquiao versus Amir Khan. That's a fun fight. Manny Pacquiao's, you got, you got, uh, you got Bob Arum saying, eh, Manny Pacquiao versus Amir Khan is complete bullshit. No, it's not bullshit. In fact, Manny Pacquiao said, no, no, Bobby, I've been following you for all this time. We are going to fight Amir Khan. It's going to be a great fight uh, for the people. It's great. Him, Amir Khan, that is offense on offense, a thousand punches around. That's a fight I can't wait to see. Now, next week we also got a hell of a fight. A hell of a fight. That's like Mickey Goldmill. It's a, I think you're a hell of a fighter, kid. Anyway, uh, we, got, we got Keith Thurman versus Danny Garcia. And I think Al Bernstein said this week, we said this on the show, Al Bernstein said, I don't think that uh, Floyd's going to fight Conor McGregor. He's going to fight the winner of this fight. <laughs> I, I'm glad that draws interest and Albert Einstein's doing his job because uh, this is a CBS fight and those guys are going to be fighting. Um, however, uh, Floyd Mayweather's not fighting either of these guys. But I do think these guys are the new faces of the welterweight division. This is a, this is great that these guys are fighting. Not enough of this in boxing. Uh, these guys at the peak of their powers. And it's fantastic they're going up against each other. I think Keith Thurman's going to win. I think Keith Thurman, a little bit bigger. Um, both have punching power for, for sure. Keith Thurman, I think is a little bit of a, he's got, he's got power from both ends. And so I think he's, uh, he's just got a little bit more to his game, a little bit more polished than Danny Garcia. Uh, Danny Garcia, we, we, uh, we haven't seen that vicious knockout power in a while from Swift. So I just think Keith Thurman has got this thing in the bag. I think he's going to win this one. Um, but I'm glad these guys are doing it. Uh, that, that, you know, that last fight. With uh, with Keith, he too with with the step up in competition lately hasn't been as dynamic. However, I, I do look at these two and I, I find Keith to be a little bit more complete, a little bit more dynamic. Um, although Danny's certainly faster, um, and, and does have that monster monster left hand. So can't wait to see it. Um, I'm gonna pick Keith Thurman to win that fight. I'm gonna pick Tony Bello to win his fight, and. We're looking forward to it, man. So, little bonus boxing for you on the podcast version. We didn't get to it on the show. Sorry about that. And we can't wait to uh, see UFC 209. We got to recap. We got to recap the boxing action from last week. And uh, can't wait for it. Marchforcancer.org. Hope you guys are out there. DC Alexander Park, right there on Fort Lauderdale Beach. Uh, 7 a.m. is when the race starts. So, get out there around uh, 6 30. You should have plenty of time to register. Uh, the Tobin family is going to be out there in full force. Uh, we can't wait for it. These guys, Seaman Tommy Guns, they they uh, who I love, you can't say enough about them. Uh, it's a great event they put on for the people, 
And, you know, I know a lot of our listeners for the morning show, uh, you were you were hurt by what happened to Amber. And she's doing fantastic, and she's she's strong as an ox, and she's going to continue to uh, to recover, and we can't wait to have her back. But if you're looking for a way to help, if you're looking for a way to, to help a very serious disease and, and people who, who really need the support, this is a great way to do it. So I hope to see you out there at D.C. Alexander Park right there on Fort Lauderdale Beach, marchforcancer.org. It's at my Twitter account, at Brennan underscore Tobin, or at 790theticket, or theticketmiami.com. All three, uh, all four places you can register. So thanks for a little bit bonus version. We didn't get to get to my boxing today, so I wanted to put a little of it at the end of the show here. And we love you guys. I'll talk to you next week. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.